so carrying on then with Al-Aqidah Al-Tahawiyah The section we had come to was the point Qadimun Bilabtida Daimun Bilantiha That Allah is the first without a beginning And He is the last without an ending Allah is the first and the last, the first without a beginning, and the last without an ending. And that's why it's mentioned in a hadith, that the Prophet ﷺ, he used to say, Allahumma anta al-awwalu falaysa qablaka shay' وَأَنْتَ الْآخِرُ فَلَيْسَ بَعْدَكَ شَيْءٍ That, O Allah, you are the first and there is nothing before you. And you are the last and there is nothing after you. And that is a hadith which is mentioned in Sahih Muslim. In Sahih Muslim, there is a narration that... This is part of a dua that the Prophet ﷺ used to read before going to sleep. Bab ma yaqulu inda nawm wa akhdhil madja' min hadithi Abi Huraira. The chapter regarding what a person says at the time of going to sleep when going to your bed. And that is the hadith of Abu Huraira. كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يأمرنا إذا أخذنا مضجعنا أن نقول that the Prophet <coughs> the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he used to command us that when we go to our beds we go to sleep that we should read Allahumma Rabba Samawati Wal Ard. O Allah, the Lord of the heavens and the earth. Wa Rabbal Arshil Azim. And the Lord of the great throne. Rabbana wa Rabba Kulli Shay. Our Lord and the Lord of everything. Falik al Habbi wal Nawa. The one who brings out those seeds and the growth. وَمُنزِلَ التَّورَاتِ وَالْإِنْجِيلِ وَالْفُرْقَانِ And the one who revealed the Torah and the Injil and the Qur'an. أَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْ شَرِّ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ أَنْتَ آخِذٌ بِنَاصِيَتِهِ That I seek refuge in you from the evil of everything that you will take by the forelock. اللَّهُمَّ أَنْتَ الْأَوَّلِ فَلَيْسَ قَبْلَكَ شَيْءٍ O oh Allah, you are the first and there is nothing before you. And you are the last and there is nothing after you. 
And the dua continues beyond that too. But there is the point that in that dua, before retiring to bed, or upon retiring to bed, upon sleeping, that a person recites. And in that dua, it mentions this point, that Allah is the first without a beginning, without anyone before Him. And Allah is the last without anyone or anything after Him. So that is what Imam Al-Tahawi is mentioning here. قَدِيمٌ بِلَا دَائِمٌ بِلَا That He is the first without beginning and the last without ending. Some of the people have said that Qadim is one of the names of Allah. Some of the people, they have claimed that Qadim, which means the old or the first, that is one of the names of Allah. However, Qadim, that word is not one of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There are certain points to remember regarding the names and attributes of Allah. Of course, we know that any names and attributes of Allah that we know, they are only going to be those that are proven in the Qur'an and the Sunnah. There's no names of Allah that we can assume ourselves. There are no names of Allah that we can work out ourselves and assume ourselves. It has to be what's proven in the Qur'an and the Sunnah. So this now Qadim, it is a word which is in the Qur'an, but does that make it one of the names of Allah? Not necessarily. Not everything in the Qur'an is a name of Allah, all the words that are there. Only certain ones are the names and the attributes of Allah. This particular word Qadim is not from the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and there are rules about what is going to be from the names of Allah. One of the obvious is that all of the names of Allah are only going to be those names that have absolute perfection, complete perfection in them. And those are the ones established and known by the scholars. So here Ibn Abil Izz al-Hanafi, he mentions that Qadim isn't considered a name of Allah. But it is <coughs> just here describing that Allah is the first and there was no one anything before him and that he will be the last and no one anything after him. So it is not a name but rather just uh, an explanation of that affair. Then he says, La yafna wa la yabid. The next point that Imam al-Tahawi makes now regarding Allah he says, La yafna wa la yabid. Meaning that Allah never comes to an end. There is no end. There is no finish. Ibn Abil Izz, he mentions, Iqrarun bidawam baqa'ihi subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is affirming that Allah will be forever. There is no end. There is no finish. And that is mentioned in the Qur'an in Surah Al-Rahman, كُلُّ مَنْ عَلَيْهَا فَانْ وَيَبْقَى وَجْهُ رَبِّكَ ذُو الْجَلَالِ وَالْإِكْرَامِ 
that everything upon uh, the earth, everything, it, all of this, it will end. Everything, the creation, it ends. But, وَيَبْقَى وَجْهُ رَبِّكَ But the face of your Lord, it remains. The face of your Lord, we're going to discuss later on in the chapter, it means Allah. The attribute referring to Allah means Allah as uh, the whole Allah. So Allah will remain, وَيَبْقَى وَجْهُ رَبِّكَ But everything else will come to an end. Hence, indicating that there is no end, there is no finish when we talk about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah will be forever. وَالْفَنَاءَ وَالْبَيْدِ مُتَقَارِبَانِ فِي الْمَعْنَى وَالْجَمْعُ بَيْنَهُمَا فِي الدَّكَرِ لِلْتَأْكِيدِ وَهُوَ أَيْضًا مُقَرَّرِ وَمُؤَكَّدِ لِقَوْلِهِ دَائِمٌ بِلَانْتِهَا So that is something which is a clear point that Imam Al-Tahawi makes, that with our aqidah in Allah, it is that we believe Allah will always be and there is no such thing as an end or a finish when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Al-Imam Al-Tahawi goes on to say, وَلَا يَكُونُ إِلَّا مَا يُرِيدَ Al-Imam Al-Tahawi makes the next point in our aqidah, وَلَا يَكُونُ إِلَّا مَا يُرِيدَ That nothing happens except what Allah wills. Nothing happens except what Allah wants, what Allah wills to happen. And that is like they say, مَا شَاءَ اللَّهُ كَان وَمَا لَمْ يَشَأْ لَمْ يَكُنْ Whatever Allah wills, then it will be. And whatever Allah does not will, then it cannot be and it will not be. So everything that occurs, it is by what Allah wills to occur. And that's why there are many narrations that highlight this point to us. You have the hadith where the Prophet ﷺ explained this point about the decree. That everything that happens, it is by the will of Allah. Nobody can do something without the will of Allah. Nobody can do something outside of the will of Allah. So in one narration it mentions, لَوْ اجْتَمَعَ النَّاسِ عَلَىٰ أَنْ يَذُرُّوكَ بِشَيْءٍ لَمْ يَذُرُّوكَ إِلَّا بِشَيْءٍ قَدْ كَتَبَهُ اللَّهُ عَلَيْكَ That, the Prophet ﷺ said, that if all of the people, everybody, this is a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, he said, if everybody got together to make a plan against you, all of the people got together to make a plan against you, to do something bad to you, they would not be able to do a thing, except if it was something decreed by Allah. Regardless of whether all of them came together, Everybody in the world came together to make a plan against you, one person. All of them with their technology and their money and everything they have, they would not be able to do any bad to you, unless it was something decreed by Allah. If it wasn't, 7 billion people and they won't be able to touch you. In the same narration it says, 
ولو اجتمعوا على أن ينفعوك بشيء لم ينفعوك إلا بشيء قد كتبه الله لك The opposite If everyone got together to do something good for you Everybody got together and made their efforts and all of their resources. They got everything together to try and do something for you. They would not be able to, even if it was everybody. They would not be able to unless it was something decreed by Allah to occur for you. Hence, whatever occurs, it is only because that is by the will of Allah. Nobody can harm you outside of that. Nobody can bring you any good outside of that. That's why the basis of Tawheed is your trust in Allah. It's not the people who are going to harm you. It's not this person is going to do something bad to you and that one's going to do something to you. You don't fear the people. The fear and the love and the hope and the trust, it is all in Allah. Whatever's going to happen, it will only be what is in the decree of Allah, what has been written for you to happen. So that's why Imam Al-Tahawi says, لا يكون إلا ما يريد. Nothing will happen except what Allah wills. Here a person may say though, then how come sins happen? People do sins. But we've just said nothing happens except by the will of Allah. So has Allah willed sins to happen? Anybody? What are you going to say now? We've just been saying everything that happens, it only happens by the permission of Allah. By the will of Allah. Can anything happen without the will of Allah? No. Sins people do. People do sins. People do more than sins. They commit kufr. So is all of that happening by the will of Allah? If you say it's not by the will of Allah, that means you're saying people can do things outside of the will of Allah. They are committing kufr, they are committing sins and all these bad things. Outside of the will of Allah. Can that be true? Can't be. So what does it mean then? Are these things happening by the will of Allah? Yes. Yes? So explain. Sins and evil and these things are happening by the will of Allah? Uh, I think um, Allah's created everything, even the evil has been created by Allah. But how you utilize it, that's your freedom of will. What we need to understand here is that there are two types of will. There are two types of the will of Allah. One is known as Al-Irada Al-Kawniya. The will of Allah in the creational sense. What happens, everything that occurs and takes place the creational sense of things, that is one will of Allah. Then there is another will of Allah, and that is the will, uh, al-irada al-shar'iyya. The will of Allah that is linked 
to legislation, to, to religion, if you want to say that, that is one will of Allah. In the will of Allah, that is linked to the revelation, to the religion, to the uh, practicing of Islam, etc., the Sharia, that will of Allah is only going to be upon what Allah loves. Allah loves that you be upon Iman. Allah loves that you be upon Islam and you be practicing and obedient to Him. Allah loves all of that. That is one will of Allah. This other type of will of Allah is in the creational sense. In the creational sense, what Allah wills to occur, it does not necessitate that all of that is beloved to Allah. Allah allows certain things to happen as a test upon the people. So the fact that kufr exists is now a test for the people. Who will step out of the kufr and accept iman and who will stay there? The fact that sins exist is a test to see who will leave those sins and come into the iman and the practicing and the obedience. So Allah wills those things to exist because that is then a means of testing the people. It doesn't mean Allah loves those things because people say, well, if Allah allows them to happen, why does He allow them to happen if Allah doesn't like that? Because we said there are two types of will. There is the will of Allah of what He loves and that is that everybody be upon obedience and righteousness. And then there is the will of Allah, the will that Allah allows things to occur in creation, decrees things to occur in creation, and they are things that may not be beloved, but they are there as tests for people. Kufr exists, disbelief exists, sinning exists, all of these different sins, stealing, alcohol, fornication, people do them. How do they do them? They are decreed by the will of Allah, but as a means of testing the people. So... Everything which occurs, yes, it occurs by the will of Allah. But that is then a means of a test upon the people. Will the people be upon righteousness or not? Will the people choose obedience or not? If there was no evil or, or, or bad or kufr or sinning, then that's it. Now everybody would be absolutely upon obedience, everybody in paradise, that's it, there's no test. So Allah allows that and wills the creation to be as it is, as a means of a test then. الَّذِي خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْحَيَاةَ لِيَبَلُوَكُمْ Allah created death and life to test you, Allah said in the Qur'an. Created death and life to test you. So it is a test. And we know that Allah has given us choice in this world. We have choice. Allah said in the Quran, وَمَا تَشَاءُونَ إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ اللَّهُ رَبُّ الْعَالَمِينَ You do not will to do something except that Allah wills it first. Meaning whatever you do, it's only by the will of Allah. But you did have the choice in doing it. Allah has given us the ability to choose. To choose good, obedience, worship, or to choose bad, evil, disobedience. 
You have that choice. Allah gives you the choice. Are you going to get up and pray Fajr? Are you going to stay asleep? That's your choice. At Dhuhr, are you going to go and pray, make wudu and pray, or miss it and forget it? You made the choice. Allah has given you the chance to make your choices in this world. In the end then, the accountability will be on the choices you made. On the day of judgment, your choices you made will be written in your books. Did the person choose to be obedient in his life? That will be success. This person chose to be disobedient, he chose to miss the prayers, he chose to not practice, he chose to go and be on the streets. His accountability on that? Allah gives you the ability to choose. But the point is, whatever choice you make, Allah already knows what choice you're going to make. In our lives, the choices we make, whether we're going to be obedient, whether we're going to be sinners, all of those choices we're going to make during our lives, Allah already knows what choices we're going to make during our lives. That's why the Prophet ﷺ told us, Allah already knows where every single person is going to be in the hereafter. Your places are already written in paradise or hell. Because Allah already knows the choices we're going to make during our lives. But do we know? We don't know what choices we're going to make in the future yet. We don't know the future. We don't know what choices we're going to make. That's why when the companions, they asked the Prophet ﷺ, they said, well in that case, if everything is already decreed and your place in paradise or hell is already written, everything, then what's the point? The Prophet ﷺ told them, كُلٌّ مُيَسَّرٌ لِمَا خُلِقَ لَهُ Basically meaning, that even though it's written, do you know what's written for you though? It's written, Allah knows. But do you know what it is? Is it paradise or is it hell? Do you know? Are you going to make good choices in your life or bad? Do you know yet? You don't. So as far as you're concerned, your opportunity is still open to you. Your opportunity is open. You take the choices of good in your life and you strive upon the choices of good in your life. You don't know anything more than that. So here, when it says nothing will occur except by that which He wills, then yes, everything in creation is by the will of Allah. Those things like sins, etc. Yes, Allah will them in the creational sense. Doesn't mean that Allah loves for them to occur, but Allah wills them and allows them to occur as a means of a test upon a servant. And it can be sometimes even as a means of raising the rank of a person and increasing the understanding of a person. It's like when somebody commits sins, then you realize you've done wrong. So when you realize you've done wrong, you will then make tawbah. And Allah says in the Quran, He loves the people who make tawbah. So now Allah willed and allowed those sins to occur, but as a consequence of it occurring, you then stopped and thought about your life, you realized those sins were wrong, you submitted to Allah, you made tawbah, that made you a better person afterwards. How many stories do you hear about people, they went to prison and they murdered and they did this and did that. And then they stop and they think about their lives and all the sins they've done. And they rectify and become good practicing Muslims. So maybe some of those sins, they act as a means for you to stop and ponder and rectify. So that's why these other things, 
if they are willed in creation, then there are wisdoms behind it. That's the point. If Allah allows and wills these sins, etc., to occur from people, there are great wisdoms behind that. So here, everything is, uh, what occurs is by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We believe, therefore, that nothing can occur without the permission of Allah. It is all by the will of Allah, what happens. Nothing can happen outside of the will of Allah. Impossible. Secondly, we believe that Allah has given us a choice in our lives. You choose to do good, to get up and pray at the prayer time, or you choose to be lazy and miss and don't care. You make that choice. Allah gave you the freedom to make those choices. Then on the day of judgment, you will be held accountable on the choices you made. And thirdly, we also understand, what the third point here now, the people of innovation, they made a mistake when it came to this. There are two main people of innovation in this issue of choice and will and decree. One of them are the Qadariyah. There was a group of the people of innovation of old, and they used to say that Allah does not know what's going to happen until it happens. Or that we do things outside of the will of Allah ourselves. And all of that type of belief is incorrect. Allah knows everything what's going to happen and what's gonna, who's going to do what. And Allah is the one who knows about all of those affairs. So the Qadariyah who tried to claim that there's anything outside of the will of Allah were obviously misguided. The other group is the Jabriyah. They are the ones who say, we have no choice. That we are compelled to do whatever is written for us. And that is wrong, because if we were compelled to do what we're doing, then the kafir on the day of judgment, who was compelled to be a kafir in this life, then why does he deserve to go hellfire then? If he was compelled upon that. And a Muslim who was righteous, was compelled to be righteous, then why does he deserve paradise? He was compelled to be righteous. That isn't the way. It isn't compulsion, it is choice. You as the servant make the choice to do good or bad. Allah's given you that. Allah knows already what you're going to choose, but in this lifetime now, you've got the opportunity to make those choices. And that's why you'll be held accountable on that opportunity, how you took that opportunity to make your choices. So the people who say we don't have a choice, we're just following the decree, whatever Allah's decreed for us is wrong. Rather Allah decreed for us, but gave us the choices. And those choices, Allah knows what we're going to make, and that's what the decree is. There's a narration they mention from the time of Umar ibn al-Khattab, radiyallahu anhu, the man who used to drink alcohol. He always used to drink alcohol. And they ca- carried on catching him every time he drank alcohol. So one time he was drinking alcohol again, and they caught him again. So they took him to Umar ibn al-Khattab, who was the Khalifa at the time, radiyallahu anhu, and they said, we caught him again. So they said to him, why? Why do you keep doing it? He said, look, it's not my fault. It was decreed that on this day, today, I was going to drink alcohol. True or false? He drank alcohol in the morning. So was it decreed on that day he was going to drink alcohol? True. He said, look, it was decreed on this day I was going to drink alcohol. Are you trying to tell me I drank alcohol outside of the will of Allah? You're going to say, no, by the will of Allah. 
you drank alcohol today, it was decreed. So he tells them, well, in that case, it's not my fault. It was decreed I was going to drink alcohol today. Everything occurs by the will of Allah. <coughs> but then what do you say to him? Before you picked up that cup and drank it, before you picked up that bottle and drank it, who made the choice to pick it up and put it to his lips? You made that choice to do it when you did it. You could have pushed it aside and not drunk it. You had the choice at that moment. At that moment, did that person know that it was decreed today he's going to drink alcohol? Not yet, because he hasn't done it yet. So he doesn't know whether it was decreed for him to do it today or not yet. He's now going to make the choice to pick it up and drink. So now that you've made the choice to pick it up and drink, you can't then say, oh well, in that case I know now it was decreed for me to drink alcohol today. Before it happened, you made the choice to do it. That's the issue. That's why you can never use the decree as a proof for your sins. You can never use the decree as a proof for your sins. You missed the prayer yesterday. You can't say, well, that means it was decreed I was going to miss the prayer yesterday. Was it? It was. Because nothing can happen outside of the will of Allah. But then you say to him, before you missed that prayer, before you were sat there and the time of the prayer was going, 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 who was making the choice to carry on sitting and relaxing and not pray? You were making that choice at the time. You had the chance to get up and pray and you didn't. You let the time pass and you missed it and you didn't bother. So now you can't turn around and say the decree where it was decreed. You didn't know what was decreed. You were making the choice whether to pray or miss. That's the key thing. If a person does a sin, at the time of doing the sin, they are the one who's making the choice to do the sin. So afterwards you can't say, well it was decreed. Now we know it was decreed because you made the choice and did it. Before you made the choice and did it, you didn't know what was decreed for that day. You could have stopped and not done it. So now we would have known that the decree is, you weren't going to drink alcohol that day. You made the choice. So when they went to Umar ibn al-Khattab and he said, look it was the decree, what can I do? It was decreed I was going to drink alcohol. They knew that was wrong. That's not the aqidah. You can't, you, can't, you can't use the decree as a proof. So they said, okay, we're going to whip you. And that's the decree for today. We're going to whip you and that's been decreed as well for today. So they whipped him and they said, well that was decreed, there's well, nothing we can do. Again, now the person who got whipped knows, well you could have let me off. True? Absolutely. He knows now, well, well you could have let me off. But they can say no, well you were saying it was the decree, we're saying it's the decree, that's it. <laughs> really now that person knows actually, what they've just said is absolutely true. He could have let me off. He could have made the choice to not whip me. But he made the choice to whip me. And that person knows now. And that's exactly the same as this situation. That's why they say, when a person gets robbed, his house gets robbed, what does the person want to do? Call the police, go get the camera, the CCTV, try and work out who's done this. Nobody sits there and says, well, okay, what can you do? It was the decree. Let's get on with things, no problem. It was the decree, my house is going to get robbed today. No problem, we'll go get some new stuff tomorrow, what can you do? 
Anybody say that? Nobody's gonna do that. Everybody's gonna know that we have a choice and a chance to go catch the perpetrators, catch the robbers, go out there, call the police. Nobody's gonna sit there and say, well, it was the decree, that's it, forget it. So if you don't do that in those kind of circumstances, what gives you the right to do that when it comes to sins? You missed your prayers yesterday? Well, it was the decree, wasn't it then? It was the decree, I missed my prayers. You went and drank alcohol? Well, it was the decree, I was going to drink alcohol then. You cannot use the decree for your sins. Because before you do the sins, you're the one making the choice to do them. So here he says, وَلَا يَكُونُ إِلَّا مَا يُرِيدُ that nothing happens except by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَأَهْلُ السُّنَّةِ يَقُولُونَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ وَإِنْ كَانَ يُرِيدُ الْمَعَاصِي قَدَرًا فَهُوَ لَا يُحِبُّهَا وَلَا يَرْضَاهَا This is the point we mentioned, that even though Allah wills all of the affairs to occur, sins, etc., whatever is in that, in the creational sense, that does not mean that Allah loves those things. Those things are allowed to occur in wisdom. And there are consequences and results of those things occurring as a test, as a person making tawbah, rectifying himself. Ibn al-Qayyim in fact mentioned exactly that point. He said that sins, when you do sins, it can be a means of rectifying a person. So sins occur. And they are in the decree that they occur. But it may be a means of rectification for that person. Rectification for that person. And that is something like we said you see in real life. So many people been to prison, this, that, the other. And then they rectify. They may have been murderers before. They may have been robbers before. And then they rectify. And they see their sins and the ways of their past. And they return back to Allah. They make their tawbah. They accept Islam. So these things could be a means in the wisdom of rectifying a person. So those types of things like sins, etc. Allah doesn't command you to do them. Allah doesn't wish you to do them. Allah doesn't love that you do them. But Allah allows them to occur in the decree for wisdoms. For wisdoms behind that. فَلَا يَرْضَاهَا وَلَا يَأْمُرُ بِهَا بَلْ يُبْغِضُهَا Rather Allah hates the sins. يُبْغِضُهَا وَيَسْخَطُهَا وَيَكْرَهُهَا وَيَنْهَا عَنْهَا وَهَذَا قَوْلُ السَّلَفْ قَاطِبَةً فَيَقُولُونَ مَا شَاءَ اللَّهُ كَانْ وَمَا لَمْ يَشَأْ لَمْ يَكُنْ وَلِهَذَا اتَّفَقَ الْفُقَهَا عَلَى أَنَّ الْحَالِفِ لَوْ قَالْ وَاللَّهِ لَأَفْعَلَنَّ كَذَا إِن شَاءَ so the Salaf, they are agreed absolutely upon this statement that مَا شَاءَ اللَّهُ كَانْ وَمَا لَمْ يَشَأْ لَمْ يَكُنْ Whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills, then it will occur. What Allah wills cannot be stopped then. What Allah wills will occur. And whatever Allah does not will, then it is impossible for it to occur. That is absolutely in consensus, in unity, absolutely 100% statement mentioned by the Salaf regarding the aqidah of the decree.
what Allah wills will definitely occur, and what Allah does not will, then it will not occur. And so here Ibn Abil Izz al-Hanafi goes into some details regarding that issue, the issue of these two types of will. The will of Allah in terms of the creational sense, and the will of Allah al-irada ash-ar'iyya, in what Allah loves. They give an example. They say, the fact that Abu, uh, let's say Abu Talib, the fact that Abu Talib, he did not accept Islam, died as a non-Muslim, as it mentions in those authentic narrations. Abu Lahab, other examples from the Quraysh. The fact that they died as kuffar, did Allah love that? Does Allah love that a person dies upon kuffar? No. So in terms of the will of Allah, the irada shari'iyah, what Allah loves, does that come into it? No, Allah doesn't love kuffar. But in terms of the al-irada al-kawniyyah, in the creational sense, did Allah will that to occur and allow it to occur? Yes. So when a person commits kufr, it is not something Allah loves, but it is something Allah wills and allows in the creational sense for the wisdoms we mentioned. So in that sense, Abu Lahab, for example, dying as a kafir, it is not something Allah loves, but it is something Allah allowed and willed in the creational sense. What about Abu Bakr as-Siddiq being a Muslim and dying upon Islam? Does Allah love that? Absolutely, so it comes into that. Did Allah decree it creationally? Yes, so in that case, both of the iradas, both of those wills come together. The creational sense, Abu Bakr was a Muslim, yes. Did Allah love that? Absolutely, Allah loves that a person be upon Islam. Both of the wills of Allah come together in that example. What about Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, radiyallahu anhum, or any of the uh, companions or any person, a Muslim, being a non-Muslim? They give the example, what about Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, radiyallahu anhum, being a kafir? Was he? No. So did the will of Allah in the creational sense apply there? Did Allah will that to happen? No, Allah did not will for Abu Bakr as-Siddiq to be a disbeliever. That's why he wasn't. He was a believer. The best of them all after the Prophet In the Shari'iyah sense, did Allah love kufr upon anybody? So in the fact or the non-fact of Abu Bakr being upon disbelief, neither did Allah love that and neither did Allah decree that creationally. What's the one combination left? Both came into effect with the Islam of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu, for example. Allah loved that and decreed it. Dying on kufr. So for example... Abu Lahab dying upon kufr. Allah loved that or not? No, but did Allah decree it? Yes. 
That's an example of Allah not loving something but decreed it. What's an example of Allah not loving something nor decreeing it? Abu Bakr as-Siddiq dying upon? Dying upon? Disbelief. Allah doesn't love that to occur, neither did Allah decree it to occur. The only combination left is Allah loving something to occur but not decreeing it creationally to occur. That you could say, Abu Lahab dying as a Muslim. That is something that is beloved to Allah in the Shari'iyah, in the Al-Irada Shari'iyah, but it was not decreed in the creational sense. For wisdoms and for reasons, as we say, Allah gave the choices to everyone. Abu Lahab had the choices just like everybody else had the choices. He made the choices to be upon and to die upon kufr. That was his choices that he made. Allah knew he was going to make those choices, and that's what Allah willed. And that's the important point. So, that is the key point here, Imam Al-Tahawi is making, that nothing can occur except by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Any questions on that so far? No, no, like we just said, sometimes you have al-irada al-shari'iyya, but it doesn't occur in al-irada al-kawniyya, that fourth combination, Abu Lahab being a Muslim. So you have a combination, it's just an explanation of how it works. The two will, the uh, al-irada al-kawniyya, al-irada al-shari'iyya. That's just to explain to people that why is it that sins happen? Does Allah allow sins to happen? Does Allah decree sins to happen? Does Allah decree kufr to happen? Does Allah decree all of murdering to happen? Does Allah decree all of these evil things that we see to happen? When you understand these two different types of the will of Allah, then you understand why all of these things occur and why Allah allows them and wills them to occur. It is from the creational sense of things, it does not mean that Allah loves those things to occur. Does not mean Allah loves kufr, Allah loves sins, no. But Allah allows it to occur in the creational sense of things, for wisdoms, wisdoms behind that could be that it rectifies a person in the long run. Could be that a person then returns back to Allah, makes tawbah after committing that sin and becomes a better Muslim after it. It could be like we said anyway at the end of the day, the slave has been given that opportunity of choice. Before you commit a sin, it is your choice whether to commit the sin or not. So if you choose to pick up the bottle of alcohol and drink it, that was the choice you made. That's why you'll be held accountable on the choices you made in life. The only thing like we said is, all of the choices you're going to make in your lives, Allah already knows every choice you're going to make. Allah already knows the choices you're going to make during your life. Are you going to make the good choices and be obedient? Or are you going to make the bad choices and be disobedient? That's already known to Allah. That's why your place in paradise or hell is already known. But for us right now, we are still at the stage of making the choices. Hence, when the companions said to the Prophet ﷺ, if everything's already written, then female amal, what is the, why are we doing all of this then? What's the point? So the Prophet ﷺ told them, Kullun muyassarun lima that everything will be made easy, meaning for the choices you make. 
If you're going to make the choices of goodness and righteousness, then that path will be made easy for you. But if you're going to make the choices of evil, it's you making those choices. Then on the day of judgment, that's what you're going to be held accountable upon. Once you make those choices, then of course it is by the will of Allah that this occurs. You cannot make a choice outside of the will of Allah. Hmm. Excuse me if I don't uh, misunderstand, but some will say to me when I'm teaching in my class that, okay, so Allah Ta'ala, He's, he's Rahman and He's mercy, but at the same time Allah Ta'ala, He is Ali and Basir, He's all seeing, all hearing, He knows the future and about all and all this. Hmm. And I'm say, but then there are those that are going to be upon kufr, those that are going to reject the deen, not going to accept. So Allah Ta'ala is merciful, yet He allows the world to be existent in which people are then going to sin, do wrong, and on the day of judgment be punished. Where then is the Rahman and Rahim? Where then is there this concept of a, a merciful and an understanding Allah who knows that you're going to fail the test and then will come the punishment for that, yet allows you to come into existence? Mm. This for some would be deemed, na'udhillah, as a flaw in the understanding of being mm-hmm. a believer. And this happens to me daily. I have this conversation with people. How would you respond to that? You're right. The, this issue of the decree, mm-hmm. it is one of the... I mean, right now, one thing we should mention is we're not actually on the topic of the decree. Right now, this isn't the section on the decree yet. There's going to be a full section later. But here, Al-Imam Al-Tahawi briefly talks about it, briefly touches upon it at this stage. The decree section is a complicated topic to speak about. In fact, in one of the narrations, one of the Sahaba said, it is Sirullah. It is the secret of Allah, this decree, and how it works. And for humans, it can be, for people who don't have that detailed understanding, can become complicated. And this issue is exactly the issue that most people find disturbing. They can't work it out. How does Allah allow kufr to happen? How does Allah allow sins to happen? Why does Allah decree those things to happen? Why does, why, why does all of these, the, the evils and the wars and the killing and all of these things, you know, even the people who are not Muslims, they come and say to you, well, why does God allow wars to happen then? And why does God allow all of this genocide to happen and all these things? We've just said now, the key thing behind all of this it is the fact that Allah mentioned in the ayah, وَمَا تَشَاءُونَ إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ اللَّهُ رَبُّ الْعَالَمِينَ وَمَا تَشَاءُونَ This ayah is a proof that you have been given ability to make mashi'ah. You've been given ability to have some choice in the affair. Allah knows what choices you're going to make. So the question there was, people may say, well if Allah already knows, you're going to make choices of bad and you're going to be in the hellfire, but then Allah still created you to let you make those choices of bad and then go into the hellfire. But that is the whole purpose of existence. To test you. That is the whole purpose of your test. You now, are you going to make the good choices or are you not? If you don't make the good choices, then you cannot say, but then why is Allah, how is Allah ar-Rahman? Allah is Ar-Rahman because He gave you the opportunity, He gave you the chance, gave you the choice, gave you the guidance, gave you the prophets and messengers, gave you the books, gave you the revelation, gave you intellect, gave you everything to have that chance to worship Him. You in your lifetime chose not to do any of that. You in your lifetime chose to ignore all of that. To ignore the prophets and messengers, to ignore all of the guidance, to ignore all of the revelation that came. All of this mercy from Allah, one after the next, books, revelation, guidance, everything came to you. Everything was there for you to worship Allah. 
and yet you didn't. That is the whole purpose of your existence to test you. Are you gonna make the choice to worship him or not? If you don't make the choice to worship him, then you cannot say, but then how does that fit with, when they say, how does that fit with the Allah being Ar-Rahman? Allah is Ar-Rahman. He gave you everything you needed to worship him, but you chose not to. So then it is by Al-Adl, the justice of Allah, that you were then put into the hellfire. After everything Allah gave you, you chose not to obey. So now by the justice of Allah, absolute justice now for this person to be put into the hellfire. He was the one who had the choice. He had the choice. You can't say, but Allah knew you were going to fail. The point is, Allah knows where you're going to be. At your lifetime, when you're alive, do you know you're going to fail? That's the key to it. Do you know that your place is already in the hellfire? The Jabariyah, they say it's like that. Allah's written for this person hellfire, this person paradise, this person hellfire. So for you people now, it's worthless. Do whatever you want, your place is written. That's not how it is. If that's how it was, then yes, what is the point of all of this? It's not like that. When you're alive, you have the choice. That's the key. And you don't know what your end result is going to be. You don't know whether it's paradise. You don't know whether it's hellfire. So what you should do then during your lifetime is make every effort, every choice to make sure that you're in paradise. <coughs> you have to make those choices of good, the choices of obedience. It is from the mercy of Allah. He gave you all of that from the guidance and the revelation and everything to tell you everything is there. Will you worship Allah now or not? And if you choose during your lifetime to ignore that and not worship Allah, then it is by the justice of Allah that you are in the hellfire. Bil-adl. It is bil-adl, not bil-dhulm. It is bil-adl, with the justice that you are now being put into the hellfire. The key thing then, what they don't understand is, that even though Allah knows your end result, you don't know your end result. So that person now who carries on making the evil choices during his lifetime, which Allah knows he's going to make during his lifetime, that person didn't know he was going to make those choices until he makes them for himself. If he carries on making the choice all of his lifetime to keep drinking alcohol, Allah knows that's the choice he was going to make all his lifetime. He carries on worshipping idols all of his lifetime upon shirk. Allah knows that's the choices he was going to make all of his lifetime. But that person, he doesn't know that. He was choosing to do all of that as his life went along. He was choosing to do all of that evil as his life went along. He was choosing all of that kufr and shirk as his life went along. He had the choice in front of him in his life. So you can't say, then why does Allah allow that to happen? Allah gave you the choice to choose. And you are the one who chose what you did during your life. So it's not a case of saying, but if Allah already knew you were going to choose evil, then why not just not create you and save you from going to hellfire? If Allah already knew you were going to make all the choices of bad, which Allah knows, Allah knows what choices you're going to make. Maybe Allah knows about this person. His choices are all going to be bad, kufr, everything. He's going to be in the hellfire. So why does Allah not from His mercy just not create him? Let him off then. That's the type of thing people might say. But that's when you come back to the Qur'an, that's the whole purpose of this creation. Allah has created us here now to be upon that test. If it was going to be like that, 
Well, if Allah knows these people are going to make the bad choices, they're going to be in the hellfire, why not from the mercy just not create them? Then in that case, all of this existence, it doesn't make any sense then. Then all of us might as well just be created in paradise, no test. That's the test. Them being created, being created and being given this chance now on this earth, that's the whole test. If we say, well, just don't create them then, and by the mercy of Allah, leave them, let them off. Don't create them in the first place. Don't give them the chance to make those bad choices and end up in hell. Then all of those people who are going to go to hell should not be created, and just the ones who are going to go to paradise. In that case, forget the earth, paradise right away. Then all of this concept of the test in this creation, it doesn't work anymore. Everybody follow? Should we do it slowly one more time? The point he was making that some people say, if Allah knows this person is going to commit or is going to choose the bad choices all of his life, and he's going to end up in hellfire, that's what's written for him. Allah knows that about this person. So if Allah already knows that about this person, why not from the mercy of Allah just not create him then? Leave him. Not create him, then he won't make those choices during his lifetime that Allah knows he's going to make, and he won't end up in hellfire then. Why not do that? If that was the case, then everybody who's going to go to hellfire should not be created. Everybody who was going to end up in hellfire should not be created. Only the people who Allah knows are going to make the good choices and end up in paradise, they would be the ones left. True? They would be the only ones left. If that's the case, then there's no test left on this earth. Only the people of paradise are left on the earth. Then the whole concept of Islam, the religion, the test of the prophets and messengers coming with the guidance, who will choose to accept, who will not? Who will obey Allah, who will not? That whole concept of this test, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Did not create the jinn or the humans except for them to worship me. All of that concept will be gone. That concept of worship and obedience and righteousness and disobedience, that's the test on this earth. That's why Allah created the people and gave them the choice. Gave us all of the blessings of guidance and prophets and messengers and books and revelation. Everything is there for you. Gave you all of the blessings of the food, the water, the oxygen. Everything is there for you to be able to take it and worship Allah. That's now your test. Allah has been merciful to you, given you everything. Your test is now, will you accept it or will you not? <clears throat> if you accept it and make the good choices, alhamdulillah. If you don't, then as Allah said, وَمَنْ وَجَدَ غَيْرَ ذَلِكَ Hadith Qudsi. That Hadith Qudsi, that مَنْ وَجَدَ خَيْرًا فَلْيَحْمَدِ اللَّهِ وَمَنْ وَجَدَ غَيْرَ ذَلِكَ فَلَا يَلُومَنَّا إِلَّا نَفْسَهِ إِنَّمَا هِيَ أَعْمَالُكُمْ أُحْصِيهَا لَكُمْ فَمَنْ وَجَدَ خَيْرًا فَلْيَحْمَدِ اللَّهِ وَمَنْ وَجَدَ غَيْرَ ذَلِكَ فَلَا يَلُومَنَّا إِلَّا نَفْسَهِ Allah said, these are your actions that we record for you. So whoever finds goodness on that day, then let him thank Allah. But whoever finds evil on that day, Allah says, فَلَا يَلُومَنَّا إِلَّا نَفْسَهِ Then do not blame anybody else except yourself because you are the ones who made those choices during your lifetimes. That's briefly. But inshallah, when we come to the decree section, maybe we'll try and go into more of the details of it. Anything else? Is it, is it fair to then say some people have it say easy? I mean, choices sometimes are a function of the environment one grows and, and, and This is from, it's mentioned in the Quran about some people having it easy, as you said. 
Maybe some people are born into environments of goodness, born into environments of religious environments, and it's easy for them to just carry on and be obedient. And, but this is, Allah mentions it in the Qur'an, about people who do good deeds, Allah makes it easier for them to do even more good deeds. One good deed, it makes it easier for you to do more good deeds. So if you are upon righteousness, and you're doing the good choices, obedience, then slowly during your lifetime, you'll see that it becomes easier and easier for you. So there may be certain people, you look at them and you think it's so easy for them. He's living in, he's living in Makkah at the Kaaba. But even living in Makkah at the Kaaba, are there not people who still miss their prayers? So it doesn't necessarily mean just because you have a certain environment to be good. But this is from the blessing of Allah that you may be given goodness because of other goodness you did. And some people it may be a different type of test. Some people may be in a place where there, are, there isn't that environment. But that is a means of raising their rank and giving them a, a, a test which will raise them and uh, remove their sins. So it's not a case of some people being given easier or harder, not at all. Everything Allah does is upon absolute, absolute wisdom and justice. It can never be said somebody had it easy in their life and somebody had it difficult. Never, never. Everything is upon justice. Even the ones who have it easy, they may not be upon practicing people living in Makkah, you think of the haram. Hundred thousand prayers and they don't bother doing a prank. Can be the case. We'll leave with that then. Next week, inshallah ta'ala. Next week is a very important lesson. Next week is uh, the most important lesson perhaps so far. And it's the line, لَا تَبْلُغُهُ الْأَوْهَامُ وَلَا تُدْرِكُهُ الْأَفْهَامُ that the minds of the people cannot imagine Allah and our imaginations can never imagine Allah. That type of issue, that's what we're going to discuss next week. InshaAllah ta'ala. Wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.